Praise God. Well, today in our Sunday school class here this morning, I want to continue in the, the same vein that we had started in last week as we are talking about the blessed life. And this morning we're going to turn to two different passages. It may take us a minute to get to the second, but we're going to start out here in Malachi and then we will work our way over to Second Chronicles chapter 31. But if you want to turn first to the book of Malachi chapter 3 and want to speak this morning on this topic of a test. Test. So Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 is where I want to start here today. And if you have that, amen, if you want to say amen, Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, or you can look up at the screen here this morning. The Lord is speaking here. He says, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are consumed, are, are, are not consumed. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. I, I actually think that's a little bit humorous if you think about that. Because what God is saying is, here I am. I, I don't change and that's why I haven't killed you yet. Because I'm a God of love, because I'm a nice God and I'm still nice. Because you are my creation and I, I see you in all of your faults and, and you breaking the covenant that we've made. But he, I am God, I, I change not, I have mercy and that's why I haven't consumed you yet. Amen, let's continue into verse 7. It says, even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances. We're going to come back to that word ordinance. And just look at what that means. But continue here. It says. And you have not kept them. Return unto me. And I will return unto you. Saith the Lord of hosts. But she said. Wherein shall we return? Now before we read. Verse 8. Let me just remind you that. This is God talking here. This is God. This is the God who does not change. This is the God who, who does not change. He's the one who's talking. And he says, you go away from my ordinance. That word ordinance, it means a principle of very ordinary behavior. In other words, this is God saying, you've gone away from the principles of, of the ordinary behavior for God's children. The ordinary way that God's children ought to behave, you've gone away from that. Now, maybe you ask, well, in, in what way? In what way have we gone away from the ordinary behavior of God's children? I want you to notice this because in the next verse, this isn't a preacher that makes this up. This is God speaking. In verse 8, he says, will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, well, wherein have we robbed you? And once again, this is, this is God who's speaking here. And he says, it's in tithes and offerings. Verse 9. It says, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. 
Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. Now today, we're, we're, when we look at that word storehouse, we're speaking of the church. Bring your tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. Again, that's the church. And prove, or you could say test, test. Test me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, what you notice, how many times he's saying here, this is the Lord of hosts. So that we remember, it, this is God that's speaking here. The one, uh, the one who can't change is talking here. And he says, test me, test me, test me. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Yeah, this is for your sake. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. All nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Okay, who was speaking that there? Who was, who was speaking? God, the Lord of hosts. This was God who was talking. So I want you to just remember that. He says, you've gone away from my principles. You've gone away from my ordinary principles of behavior, how a, a child of God ought to live. And what he's speaking of when they ask, well, how have we gone away from it? He says, it is in your tithing. That's in your tithing and offerings. This is the ordinary behavior for God's people, God's children and I, I think that we ought to thank God for the harvest and in order and the, and the increase that God gives us. And one of the ways that He uh, uh, enables us to thank Him is to give Him back a portion of what He has given us. And He says, "Because you have gone away from my ordinary principles, now you're living under a curse." See, some would say that. I, perhaps that, that Christians can't be cursed because because Christ He bore the curse of our sins on on the cross. But but and he, and he did do that. But that is breaking the curse of our of our sinfulness and our our sinful nature. But but God here is is teaching us or showing us this principle of if we do not give back to God what belongs to him, then there is a consequence. We are stealing from God. We're stealing from God. Now, I, I want to try to, to break through some preconceptions or ideas that, that some have about giving and tithing. And, and uh, just in case you're, you're new today, this is not something that uh, I teach on every week. Um, just every uh, every once in a while, we go through a series on giving, and and I, I feel that it's important because of the very fact that God is, is God teaches about it, and that His we see here that this is the ordinary behavior of of how His children ought to live. Amen. So He's saying here that you have stolen from me. You have stolen from me. Now. There's some that I've heard said that, well, that is an Old Testament principle. This is a, an Old Testament thing that we are no longer bound by the, the things of the Old Testament, the old law, all of that. And, you know, I had a conversation 
with the Lord one time about this passage because I was, um, you know, saying, Lord, we have this in Malachi chapter 3, and then you have Malachi chapter 4, and you go one more chapter, and you have Matthew chapter 1. God, why couldn't you just like move this a couple chapters over to the right, and then this isn't an Old Testament thing, but it's a, it's a New Testament thing. I we're pretty close there. And, and here's what it come, I, I felt God just, just impressing on me. He said, I put it exactly where I wanted to put it. And the reason is, and this is point number one for us today, is that tithing is a test. Tithing's a test. You see, God is, is testing our hearts. And even when a person argues about it, I, I, you know, I think about this, you know, what's, what's their spirit behind the argument of, of, you know, I don't have to tithe or I'm not required to tithe. Why would, why would a person argue when, when God gave his life for you and you won't even give him 10%? Why would this person, why would you argue about that? I'm telling you, it's a test of your heart. It's, it's a test. And, and this is why I believe that God shows 10%. When we look at the tithe, we're talking about 10%. And, and first of all, I, I think that he chose a percentage because it's, it's fair to everyone. It's, it, it doesn't matter if you make $3,000 a year, $30,000, or $300,000 a year. Everyone is, is required, God is requiring of everyone the same thing. Not the same amount, but the same percentage. It's the same for everyone. Here's the reason, though, that I, I believe that God chose 10. Because for some reason, in, in many times when you see the number 10 in the Bible, it represents testing. Now there's, there's many different uh, numbers in the Bible that they have meaning. You have the number three. You see the number three often. You see the number seven. You see number 12. And, and any time the word 10 or this, this number 10 kind of comes up in Bible, it's often involved with testing. I'll show you just some examples. How many, how many plagues were there in Egypt? 10 plagues. That's right. There were there were 10 plagues. Now, I could have asked that in a different way. I could have asked, how many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? And the answer would be 10. Because that's what the plagues were all about. It was all about testing Pharaoh's heart. That Pharaoh's heart, uh, or that, that Moses would come to him, Pharaoh's heart. Uh, would be hardened, and so God would send a plague, and then eventually after the tenth time when the death angel passed through and Pharaoh's own son died, he says, okay, that's enough. I've gone through enough testing. Get out of here. Get out of here. Okay, another question. How many commandments were there? We're speaking of the ten commandments. There were actually many more than that. When we look at the ten commandments, uh, we can we can look at how God would have tested his people in these ten ways. Now I'm going to ask another question, and you might not know the answer to this, but if you'll notice, there's a little bit of a pattern going on here. This is in Numbers chapter 14. 
and you can read that later. But uh, if you want to, just, just say just say your answer a little loudly here today. So how many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? Ten. That's right. Yep. See the pattern? Okay. How Again, how many times were Jacob's wages changed? Ten. How many times, or how many, how many days was Daniel tested? Ten. How many virgins were tested in Matthew chapter 25? Ten. How many days of testing are mentioned in the book of Revelation? Ten. Okay. How many, how many disciples were there? No, there were twelve. I was just testing you today. But tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. And here's something that that you might not know is that it's not just a one-way test, but it's a two-way test. God not only is testing you, but this is the only place that I've found in Scripture where God says, you can test me. He says it. we We read the passage there in Malachi, and God says, prove me or test me. He's... He's, this is that, that word prove, this word test is, it's the word that was often linked to, uh, when they, uh, were proving metal to see how pure it was to, uh, they're getting all the impurities out of, out of a precious metal and they would prove that metal. They would test the metal. You know, do we have all of the impurities out? And, and I believe that God, he's, he's saying, test me to see if I'm pure. Test me. I want you to test me because I want to open up the windows of heaven on you. I want to bless you. I want you to live the blessed life. If you would test me, then you can see that I am the God who does not change. Now, whether you're going to believe that you can live with nine, with 90% better and be better off than living with 100% and not have the blessing of God on your life. I think that I would rather have the blessing of God on my life living with 90% and giving God back his 10% and know that his blessing is on me because then he says, when you test me, I can open up the windows of heaven and pour out my blessings on you. Amen. So you open up an area of faith when you do this. You open up an area of faith in, inside your own heart. And um, when we begin to give or we begin to tithe to God, the word tithe, I, I guess I, I skipped over that, but the very word tithe means the 10th part. It's this uh, Hebrew word, ma'aser, and it means the 10th part or 10%. So the very word, this is how we know that it's talking about 10%, because the very word that is, is used in, in talking about giving back to God, it means the 10th part. Now, again, I, I still hear some people that, that they say, well, it's under the, the Old Testament or, or it's, it's under the law. The tithing is, is under the law. And didn't Jesus come and do away with the law? Well, I want to let's let's go to some scripture that shows you that tithing is, it was established way before the law was ever in effect. Hundreds of years before the law was in effect. And it was 
not only before the law, it was after the law. It was in the New Testament. And so let's, uh, I want to I just look at this and see how tithing is very biblical. And it is not something that was confined to the law of Moses, which in some ways was done away when Jesus came and fulfilled the law. So, now, actually, let, let's, let me just do give an example here, first of all. I uh, think last week I, I asked for some money. Actually, I didn't really ask for some money, but you gave me some money. Um, would you be so kind to get, just give me your wallet today? <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, appreciate this. I, I don't know. If... Okay. Thank you. I'm so thankful to have you as a friend, and um, I'm going to keep that now because I'm not under the law, and so I mean stealing is is under the law, and so I have I'm under grace now. And so I don't have to give you back your wallet. I mean, um, the grace of God will shine down on me, and I get to uh, do whatever I want. So thank you. Uh, you can you can have your wallet back, and all of your dollar bills that are in there. See, just because some things are under the law doesn't mean that we don't still live according to the law in many aspects. There's many things that were under the law that we still live under the law today. We still live by the, but, I mean, you don't just go around murdering people today. And, and uh, just because we are no longer under the law. You don't just go and, and commit adultery today just because that was something that was forbidden under the law. We still live in a, in a, in a way under the, the same principles that are governed by the law. Amen. See, tithing is a very biblical thing. Now, this is something that was established well before the law of Moses. Even, this, even if this was a principle of the law... This was established long before Moses. So let's go to Genesis chapter 14. And we see this account here uh, in Genesis 14 uh, of Abram or Abraham. It's this account uh, between him and a, a man named Melchizedek, who was the king of Salem. If you want to go to Genesis 14, beginning in verse 18, it says that, Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him, and he said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. Now watch this. It says that he, this is speaking of Abram, gave him, or he gave to Melchizedek, tithes of all. Okay, you need to know if, if you don't know this, that this is around 500 years before the law of Moses. Around 500 years before the law. Galatians tells us that Abraham is our spiritual father and, and Melchizedek, Hebrew says, is a type of Christ. So our spiritual father, Abraham, tithed or he he gave 10% of everything that he had to this type of Christ, Melchizedek, 
nearly 500 years before the law was ever in place. Because this is a principle of ordinary behavior for God's children. It was one of the ordinances, the principles of ordinary behavior for God's children. So this isn't the only occurrence of tithing that we see in Scripture before the law. I could, I, I could give you an example that's from 2,500 years before the law. And uh, maybe we'll get to that one next week. But let's go, so let's go to Genesis chapter 28, verse 22. This is going down uh, the line just a little bit to the grandson of Abraham. This is talking about Jacob here in Genesis 28, verse 22. And it says that this stone, which I have set for a pillar, Jacob speaking here, says shall be God's house. Again, this is an implication that the tithe goes to God's house. He says that of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. You see, tithing, again, this principle of 10%. Goes back to God. This is nearly 400 years before the law. So we have about 500 years, a little over 400 years now before the law comes into effect with Jacob giving a tenth or a tithe of all that he had back to God. One more, one more place here in uh, Leviticus chapter 27. Leviticus 27 verse 30. This tells us, it says, in all the tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is a holy or it is holy unto the Lord. Now this here, this is speaking of, uh, of under the law in Leviticus. This is, this is talking under this time period of the law, but they're, they're speaking about the principle. The Lord is, is teaching this principle of why or what, what this tithe really is. And he says, this is a holy thing unto me. And what does it mean when something is holy? It's set apart. So that word holy really means. It means something that's set apart. So God says that the tithe, the 10%, is something that's been set apart for me. That's something that belongs to me. And so that's the, that's really the only reason that Malachi can say, or really the Lord say through Malachi, that you have robbed me when you haven't tithed. It's because that is a holy thing unto me, God says. That tithe, the 10% is a holy thing. It's something that's already been set apart for me. It belongs to me. And when you don't give it to me, then you have robbed me or you have stolen from me. And it's to be set apart for my house. And if you keep it, then you are stealing from God. Deuteronomy chapter 26. I know we have quite a few scriptures here today. Deuteronomy chapter 26, and verses 1 and 2. And then we're going to skip down to 13. It says, This shall be when thou art come in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance, and possessest it, and dwellest therein, that thou shalt take of the first. Next week, we're going to, that's really what we're going to focus on is, is this being something that is of the first. He says, you should take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall put it in a basket. You shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. 
Again, this is referring to what is now the church, the place where God has, has put his name. You bring the tithe there. You bring it to that place. Then let's uh, skip down to verse 13 in Deuteronomy chapter 26. It says, when thou shalt say before the Lord thy God, I have brought away the hallowed things. Hallowed, this is uh, it's another word for holy. It says, when you have brought away, when you say, I have brought away the holy things or the holy tithe. The holy things is speaking of the holy tithe. That's what it says in the New King James Version is the holy tithe. And this, um, I'll just, just mention that is, it's not the same Hebrew word here for tithe. Uh, rather, this is, this is the Hebrew word for, for holy, but it's, it's directly connected there to uh, what it was speaking about in verse 2, which was that first tenth part. So it says, I brought away the holy things, the holy tithe, out of my house, and I have given that to the Levite, to the stranger, to the fatherless, to the widow, according to all thy commandments which thou hast commanded me. I have not transgressed thy commandments, neither have I forgotten them. I have not eaten thereof in my morning. In other words, I didn't use some of the tithe when I was going through a difficult time. We're just speaking from Scripture here. It says, I've not eaten thereof uh, in my morning. I didn't dip into what I would have given to God because I was going through a difficult time. Neither have I taken away aught thereof for any unclean use, nor have I given aught thereof for the dead. But I've hearkened to the voice of the Lord my God, and I have done according to all that thou hast commanded me. Look down from the holy habitation from heaven, and bless thy people Israel and the land which thou hast given us, as thou swearest unto our fathers a land that floweth with milk and honey. It says here, I have removed the holy tenth part, the tithe. I have taken that out of what I have earned, and I brought it to the house of God, and so... Now that I have done that, God says, you can pray this prayer. You can pray a prayer that says, Lord, look down from heaven and bless your servant. That's, this is what, what God is saying here. Is once you have given back to God what belongs to him, then you can look up to heaven and you say, Lord, rain down the blessings on your servant. Open up the windows of heaven. One, we're talking about the blessed life. And as I said last week, this, this uh, affects every area of your life. The blessed life affects every area of your life because there are so many things that are tied to our money. The reason that God speaks about money is because it's, a tie, it's tied to our passions. It's tied to the way that we, uh, that we organize our life and the way that we do things. And, uh, and things get tight in life and it's, it's hard to give sometimes. But when we understand this all belongs to God, I'm going to give back to God what belongs to Him. So then I can look up to heaven and I can say, Lord, rain down the blessings on me. Lord. Look down from heaven and bless your servant. I want to ask you a question. If Jesus himself said that you ought to tithe, would you tithe? 
because I want to go here to a place where Jesus himself said that we ought to tithe. So Matthew chapter 23, Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. So here, this is in the New Testament in red, in red letters, okay? It means Jesus is speaking here. Matthew 23, verse 23. Jesus says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and you have omitted the weightier matters of the law. You've omitted judgment, you've omitted mercy, you've omitted faith. Okay. These things you ought to have done, but don't leave the other things undone. Okay? So here is what Jesus is saying. You guys, you give tithes, not only of your first fruits, but you give tithes from all of your spices. You go, I mean, everything that you have, you, you give a tenth part of that. You bring it to the house of God. You give that. But you've neglected justice. You've neglected mercy. You've neglected faith. You know, all these things. Jesus says you ought not to do that. Don't neglect those things. Also, don't leave the tithes undone. You need to do that as well. Okay? These things ought you, ought you have to have done. And I guess uh, this could be read one of, of two ways. It could be that Jesus is saying, these things, uh, these ought ye to have done, meaning uh, these, these things, judgment, mercy, and faith, you ought to have done those things. You ought to have done those things. And then he says, don't leave the other undone, meaning, well, don't stop tithing. Or you could read that as Jesus saying, well, these things ought you have done. You, you ought to have tithed. You ought to have done that. But don't leave those other things undone. Either way that you read that, Jesus is saying, this is backing up this uh, principle that is of ordinary behavior for God's children, which is that of tithing, that we give back to God what belongs to God. Amen? It's in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. I want to... Go there again, we have in the New Testament now. And this is, um, in Hebrews, it's, it's, it's where it's speaking about Melchizedek and how mortal men receive tithes on earth. It's in Hebrews 7, verse 8. It says, here, men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them. If whom it is witnessed that he liveth. Now, we hear... We put our tithes into an offering plate, or you transfer the money online from your bank account into the church's bank account through online giving, however you give. But this giving here on on this earth, it takes place where we give to mortal men. Mortal men manage that. they, They take care of it. But listen, he says, in heaven, God receives it. He is the one who is witness of it. He who lives in heaven. He is the one that when we give here on earth, we give to mortal men. 
But as we talked about last week, the reason that we give is not so that God's kingdom can be furthered and, and uh, you know, continue on its way, continue on the path so that God's uh, kingdom can be blessed. Really, it's about us in our hearts. There's something connected to when we give, then we are, then we become a, a, a blessed people or we become someone who um, something changes inside of us because we have given. And so God, he said, yes, we give to, to people, we give to the church, we give to you know, physical things here on earth, but really God is the one who's receiving this up in heaven. We're not transferring money into a bank account that's up in heaven, but yet when we give here on earth, God says, I, I see that, I see the gift, I receive it, I receive the tithe up here in heaven. Amen. I want to... Finish here with this third point here today, which is that tithing is a blessing. Amen. Tithing is a blessing. I mean, let me, let me tell you about Second Chronicles chapter 31. I said that we were going to get there. Second Chronicles chapter 31. If you want to turn there, you can, or you can just look up at the screen. We're going to begin at verse number four. Just for just a, a little bit of context of what's happening here. We have a king. King Hezekiah, who is, um, he's reading the scriptures here in this passage, and he, he sees some verses that he comes across that are about tithing. And at this time, at this time, there, his kingdom is going through an economic recession. He realizes we're under a curse. In fact, our whole nation is under a curse because we're not tithing, we're stealing from God. And so this is where we pick up on the story here in verse 4. It says, Moreover, he commanded the people that dwelt in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priests and the Levites that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. Okay, I want to just stop there for a moment. Think back to what Malachi had said. Malachi said, Bring the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Okay, he was, he was talk, talking about physical food. We're talking spiritual food. We're talking spiritual food. When you come to, to church, do you enjoy the spiritual food that you receive? Amen. Again, they were talking about natural food. Let's, let's just think about this in, in, in a spiritual context that um, somebody... Somebody really is, this is, there are natural, natural consequences and natural things that the tithe goes to pay for. So that we can come to, come to the house of God, that we can receive some spiritual food. There is, the, the tithe, it does go, and it, it pays for the, the building, it pays for the utilities. There is, there are real things that the tithe goes, and it helps us to be able to come and to receive some spiritual food when we come into the storehouse. Amen. Here's, here's a question. When we go into a restaurant, when you go into a restaurant, you eat a meal, do you leave without paying for the meal? Would anybody do that? I hope we don't have any dining dashers in here. If we do, we need to, let's hit these altars before you leave. But some Christians, they, they, they do that every week. They go to church, they eat a meal, and they skip out on the check. 
And that's not, we're not coming in to, to pay, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not an admission to come and pay for this. But, but we come in and we are, we, are, we are receiving food. We are receiving spiritual food. And so we give back to God, amen, there's some spiritual food uh, for, for receiving the spiritual food. Okay, let's continue. Verse number five. Got to bring this to a close here today. It says, as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of corn, wine, and oil, and honey, and of all the increase of the field, and the tithe, she says tithe, the tithe of the 10% of all the things that they brought, uh, things brought they in abundantly. Okay, so King Hezekiah, notice that they were under a curse. He says, we need to start tithing again. I just read it, he's saying, I just came across this in scripture, tells us that we'll be cursed if we do not tithe. So let's as a nation begin to tithe. So as a nation, we see them all begin to come. They bring a 10% of all that they have into the house. It says, concerning the children of Israel and Judah that dwelt in the cities of Judah, they also brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep and the tithe of holy things, which were, cons- which were consecrated unto the Lord their God. And they laid them by heaps. Verse 7. In the third month, they began to lay the foundation of the heaps, and they finished them in the seventh month. When Hezekiah and the princes came and they saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. And then Hezekiah has a question on his mind. He goes to the, the Levites And he's like, I'm a little bit concerned with all these heaps here. We've been in an economic recession. I didn't ask or require of the people to bring everything that they have to the Lord. It was only 10%. Okay? He comes to him, says, he questions them about the heaps. Verse 10, it says, Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him. And he said, well, since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have left plenty. For the Lord has blessed his people, and that which is left is this great store. I know you have been in an economic recession, but ever since we started tithing, we've had so much that this is just the 10%. That these heaps and heaps and heaps that you see here, and see they were bringing in a 10% of everything they had, their, their oxen, their crops, all of that, the money, everything that they had, they brought it in, 10%, and just 10% of that was left the heaps that was far in a way, enough to bless them and, and to, to uh, uh, be what was needed there at the house of God. Amen. There is a blessing that is connected with God's principle of tithing. There is blessing that is connected with God's principle of tithing. I could, I could share some uh, personal examples or some, some examples of others in our congregation today. Many that I have heard testimonies uh, of people that uh, have been blessed when they tithe. That when they had no idea how God was going to make a way, they continued to tithe and God made a way time after time after time after time. Amen. So we can say one of two things. We can either say, I can't 
afford to tithe or I can't afford not to tithe. Malachi said, when we give back to God, when we're not robbing God or stealing from God, then it breaks the curse. There's a curse upon us when we are robbing God. He says, when we begin to give God back to Him what belongs to Him, it rebukes the devourer. Tithing is, is it rebukes the devourer. It begins to break, uh, break this stranglehold of the devourer has on you and it allows you to live the blessed life allows us to live the blessed life amen the reason that that we that I, that I teach on on tithing and giving today is is not because we we are in in desperate need of your money it's because there is a principle that god has put in place that says when you give to me then i will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you amen i want us as a church to be able to experience living the blessed life experience living in a way where god says okay you've given back to me now let me just be on to pour into you and pour into you and pour into you Amen. When you have a closed hand right here, God can't put anything into that hand. So often, though, we live in such a way that we have our hands clenched on everything that we have earned. And we rightfully earned this, and this is mine. But God says, open up your hand, give back to me, and then I can fill your hand with more. Amen. We just all, throughout this place, just lift up our hands. I just want to pray. In uh, closing of this service here this morning, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that, that your scripture, Lord, shows us, God, there is a way to live blessed. God, there is a way, God, that we can, can live not being under a curse. God, I pray that, I know that it's a struggle, especially, God, if we, if we are just beginning and, and we've never tithed before, if there's anybody in this place, that, God, they're not tithing right now. This is not to condemn them. It's not to condemn anybody. But, Lord, it's to show us, God, that if we could begin to give back to you 10%, 10%, God, it's a test. God, and as you test us, God, I know it feels like a test for me, but God, help somebody in this place here today, Lord, to say, God, I'm going to test you to see if this is real. I'm going to test you. Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, today, God, to, to pass the test. God, to pass the test where we, God, you're testing us, but God, we're also testing you to see, God, if this is real. God, we love you. We thank you, God, for this word today. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh,